0: Welcome to Kale & Company right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us. And this is New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project and, of course, also with our primary show sponsor, Northeast Delta Dental. And today we welcome to the program Christina Holbrook, and uh, Christina is a native New Yorker and uh, also of the uh, White Mountains of New Hampshire. She is an award-winning author who uh, lives now in Breckenridge, Colorado. She received a B.A. degree in French and political theory from Wellesley College. Her column, Lark Ascending, ran on the Summit Daily in Frisco, Colorado from 2016 through 2020, and more recently... Her short fiction and essays have appeared in numerous literary journals and anthologies. All of the flowers, all the flowers of the Mountain, which is her book, takes place in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And it is her first novel. And uh, Christina has been awarded the Colorado Book Award for 2023 in the Romance category and an Ippy Award as well. And uh, Christina, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh,
1: thank you so much.
0: What is an Ippy Award?
1: <laughs> an Ippy Award? <laughs> I know, it, it sounds kind of silly. It's uh, it's the Independent Publisher Book Award, uh-huh. and I believe it is the oldest award in the country uh, given out to books produced by independent publishers, and it is an international book award, too, so that's kind of exciting. It. The um, committee accepts books from all over the world that uh, would appeal to the American market. And so I was um, excited to win a bronze medal in the Ippies.
0: <laughs> nice, very nice. And, uh, and, and, and this is your first novel, All the Flowers of the Mountain. And yes. at, at what point of, of your life, Christina, did you know that you wanted to be an author?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, I have been writing probably all my life, you know, since I was six years old. I have little journals that I wrote in when Uh I was a kid and wrote a lot of short stories. Um, But then as a, you know, as a professional, I was in the publishing business, but I was more on the business side of it. And I think, honestly, I think I just didn't really give myself permission to be a writer in a in a really uh, more professional sense to re- to really give that creative part of myself uh, reign to to flourish. So it wasn't really until I was in my mid fifties that I more seriously started to work on short stories, started to get things published, and I want to say I think I was like fifty seven when I started this novel. So. Um, so I, I feel like I perhaps waited a little bit longer than I wish I had, but um, I have always been interested in writing. But it took a long time to kind of make it into a professional, um, something professional.
0: Yeah. So you, you said you worked in the publishing business. What was your your personal path to publication of of your book?
1: Well, let's see. I. You know, I was went to, went to Wellesley College, as you mentioned, and could not wait to move to New York City, get a job in publishing, hang out with creative people. And my first job was uh, as a publicity assistant at a publishing company called E.P. Dutton. And from there, I had a number of different jobs. <clears throat> but I will say none of them were in the writing or editorial area. They were more kind of on the production side. And um, I became actually more interested in photographic books, in art books. I worked for a while at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And eventually I became the publisher of a company called the Creative Black Book, which was a big directory of commercial photography and illustration. Um, The wonderful thing about this type of work is that it allowed me to travel all over the world because all these fancy art books were printed in Hong Kong and Verona and Zurich. So um, for a young person living in New York on a, on a bare publishing salary, it was pretty exciting to be able to travel to some of these really exotic places. Um, But so that kind of was my entry into publishing, but Again, as I mentioned, it really wasn't until I was really in my 50s that I started to get serious about getting some of my works published. Some of the very first things I had published were business-type articles drawing on my business experience, but gradually I allowed myself to become more creative, had some short stories published, and then in 2017, I started All the Flowers of the Mountain, which took
0: me five years to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I talked to a gentleman uh, last week on the show that uh, was writing his uh, 18th or 19th book, and it, it took oh, him nine oh. and a half years uh, wow. to, to write it. So five years is nothing, Christina. That's
1: nothing, yeah. No,
0: nothing. But, uh, and, but now, you said you started it. It took five years. Had you ever attempted to start a, another novel and just, you know, Gave up on it, or was this the first attempt you made?
1: This was really the first attempt. You know, I think for a long time, I had had in my mind something. This Growing up in New Hampshire was just an extremely important thing in my life, and that particular landscape, the kind of freedom that you had as a kid in the 1970s to just hop on your bike and ride down the dirt road and go swimming at some little waterfall that you happened to find off the side of the road. And I really wanted to write about that. And then I had this character in my mind who I had written stories about, but she kept kind of being there in my mind. And I I finally was able to kind of come to a structure that allowed me to pull these ideas and feelings together to start working on a structured novel. But um, that, that, that structure was quite helpful to moving to the next step.
0: Now, was your main character based on you?
1: You know, a lot of people ask that. <laughs> I, you know, will say that much of this you know, much of the story has elements in it that are certainly familiar to my life. Now, the young woman who's one of the protagonists, she grows up in New York and her family has a summer home in New Hampshire. So that part, certainly there's a similarity, but, um, there are a lot of different incidents and you know sort of dramatic incidents and secrets and um, various adventures that she has with the other protagonist, um, who's a male character that that are purely made up. But um, so it's a it's a life and a setting that I'm familiar with. But I like to think that character really kind of has a life of her own that's. That's separate from me, even though it's familiar. Uh,
0: Where where did you live when you were in uh, New Hampshire?
1: We, uh, well, let's see. My family, my parents had a house in Sugar Hill,
0: Uh on the the
1: Birches Road in Sugar Hill. But my grandparents, um, before that, they had come over from Europe and they initially had a place in this little ski community on Cannon Mountain called Mittersill. Oh, sure. That yeah. had been established by this Austrian baron, and a lot of Europeans, I guess, hung out there. So they came there. They eventually bought a dairy farm in, I think, right sort of on the border of Lisbon and Sugar Hill, uh-huh. which is kind of interesting because... My grandparents did not have a background in dairy farming, but they were yeah. very intrigued by this and and had this wonderful farm that that figures very prominently in my memory as a child. And I have pictures of myself as a little kid, you know, with the cows. And um, they eventually then bought, um, sold that farm, bought another place in Landaff, So they had kind of their farming interests. And meanwhile, my parents had this other uh, home in Sugar Hill, but we all got together as a family quite frequently and went swimming and hiking and um, just, you know, had created these amazing family memories that there, that was a time in our lives that I think in a certain way, nothing else ever compared to that. It was really quite magical
0: So you know what you're writing about when you talk about New Hampshire. There's no doubt about that. Uh, All the Flowers of the Mountain is the book written by Christina Holbrook, our guest today on uh, this edition of New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL, and HTalkRadio.com as we partner with the New Hampshire Writers Project on WKXL, presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project, with our primary show sponsor, which is Northeast Delta Dental, and on this segment of the program, uh, we are chatting with Christina Holbrook from right now from Breckenridge, Colorado. We will take a break and be back with more right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Please stay with us. Welcome back, WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. It is Kale and Company. And we are right in the middle of New Hampshire Authors Week. Very, very pleased to uh, to take this week to feature some local writers in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project, presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project and our primary show sponsor, which is Northeast Delta Dental. And joining us on this edition of uh, the New Hampshire Writers Project Week is Christina Holbrook, who is... Uh, a writer who uh, spent her formative years uh, in New Hampshire. Her book is All the Flowers of the Mountain, an award-winning book on her first time out as a novelist, Christina. That that is pretty amazing in itself.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Yeah, right there. So uh, tell us a, a little bit about your writing process. I'm always curious about finding out, you know everybody writes in in, in a different way uh, do you start with an outline do you plot it all out ahead of time or or do you create it as you go along what is your style
1: well i think um i i had sort of bubbling up inside of me this this desire to write something about new hampshire Ah, uh, because it really figures so importantly in my imagination and in my life. Um, and then I had this particular character. Her name is Katherine Morgan. Her nickname is Kit. And that was a character I really wanted to write about. But it wasn't until actually um, I reread *The Great Gatsby*, and I I saw in that book a structure that I thought, here is something that I can use as sort of an outline for the story that I want to tell. So in the case of this novel, it really helped to have that outline, to have that structure to start filling in. I will say I then in the next six months, I wrote my first draft and I came to the end of that and thought, well, this is great. I finished the novel in six months, <laughs> and i I didn't realize at the time, of course, that uh, I had really only just started because it did take me another year to find an agent and and then four more years of rewriting to and and a lot of changes and development of the story. But um, having that structure was quite helpful to for me to organize my thoughts and, and sort of to have something to sit down at every day to, to work within that structure.
0: Well, you sound like a very structured writer. Uh, how many, <laughs> how, you know, how many hours a day do you spend or did you spend writing the book?
1: Oh God, you know, when I started, I will say I tended to get up at like four thirty in the morning uh-huh. and start writing. Um, I had another job at the time when I started, so I would get up, work for a couple of hours, and then go to my job. By the end of this process, um, I was no longer working full-time, and I will say I was so hooked into this that I was working like 12 hours a day, and it wasn't really because, you know, anyone was forcing me to do that, but you get sucked into your story, and yeah yeah, so so, um, it started out a little bit more moderate, and then I became a little more obsessive <laughs> towards <laughs> the end.
0: You know, the more authors I, I I chat with, Christina, the more I find out that they get up very early in the morning to write. I, I mean that seems ah. to be the the consensus, uh, and you know I, I think I think what it is. Uh, to me, this is just my humble opinion. I I, I think it's because y- you're all excited about it. It's like you know uh, trying to get to sleep on on Christmas morning. You know you're looking forward to you know the, the next page, the next chapter that that you're going to write. Did you did you have yeah. that feeling?
1: I think you're right. I think it's it's you're waking up to something that is so engaging, and I do think also there's this kind of you know, you're sort of moving from the dream space of sleeping into writing, which does tap into the unconscious. So it's kind of like this natural, like progression, sort of swimming out of your dream time into your writing space. And I think by the end of the day, some of that kind of magic is gone. Like you're just tired.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and justifiably so after writing uh, 12 hours a day because yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's very taxing mentally w- without any question about that. What do, what do you enjoy most about uh, the writing process?
1: You know, I I love being inside the story. I love when, um, I come to a point. You know, you were mentioning a little bit earlier, asking like how are these characters sort of related to you or based on you? And I think in some ways in the beginning, you're maybe writing up based on your personal experience or, you know, even who you are, but there is a point when the characters become themselves and they feel like they are separate from you. And that is like an amazing feeling. So that is something I enjoy quite, a bit that moment when I'm sort of diving into this world that almost feels like it's separate from me.
0: Yeah, yeah. If no, that makes
1: sense. No, I can. <laughs> no,
0: certainly I I I can see that. And uh, was your main character your your favorite character uh, in the book?
1: Oh gosh, you know I certainly identify with her. Although I'll say when I started writing this story, I actually started writing from the young man's point of view. And I did that actually for a couple of years. That is how I perceived the story through the eyes of Michael Pierce, who's the male protagonist. And it wasn't until late in the game, really, that another very good writer said to me, you know, this story, you really need to weave the perspectives of both the girl and the guy and the man and the woman as they get older. Like you need to go back and forth. We need to see what she's thinking too. And I was stumped because she has a lot of secrets and I didn't want to give those away, but somehow I was able to find a way to go back and forth between those two characters, but I I'm very attached to both of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah, I would say that I I I can't pick a favorite. I really they're both <clears throat> very very important character to me
0: was it difficult at all writing from a male perspective i mean in terms of uh dialogue that sort of thing or uh, not a factor I, whatsoever
1: i don't you know it it's hard to i mean i i guess it didn't seem difficult but i did you know i'd have my husband read stuff back to me or i have um a, a nephew who he, I had him read some stuff, some chapters that I had written back to me to see like, does this, what does this really sound like? Does this sound like a guy or, <laughs> or what? Um But I, I think it's, you know, I felt as if I felt his feelings and, and who he was. Um But I think, I think you're probably right. It, it does, it was a little more effort to try to get the sound of, both an older man and a younger guy, to try to get that that voice right. So,
0: And, and, uh, you know, I I, I would have to say, in your case, uh, true life experiences really uh, impacted your writing.
1: Yes, I think that's true.
0: Yeah, and uh, you you, you certainly turned it into a a wonderful book, an award-winning book first time out <laughs> as a novelist and you win an award in the uh, romance category Colorado Book Award for 2023 and an ippy award and uh, if if you missed it uh, Christina did tell us what an ippy was uh, at at the start of the show but uh, congratulations on that and coming up uh, on the uh, on the program today you're going to read us uh, a page from uh, from your book All the flowers of the mountains. So we we, uh, certainly look forward to that. Christina Holbrook is our guest here on Kale & Company. It is New Hampshire Authors Week here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project and... Certainly our primary show sponsor as well, Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. And coming up, more with Christina Holbrook, the author of All the Flowers of the Mountain, right here. It is New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL nhtalkradio.com Kale and Company live here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com very special week underway New Hampshire Authors Week in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project with our primary show sponsor as well in Northeast Delta Dental. And our guest is Christina Holbrook. She is the award-winning author of All the Flowers in the Mountain and uh, takes place in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, which I'm sure, Christina, that uh, most of our listeners are at least somewhat familiar with. And uh, what an idyllic setting it had it to sure, have been to to, sure to, to grow up there right yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, it's uh, you know certainly one of the most beautiful spots in in the entire country and what what brought you to colorado
1: well uh, my husband
0: <laughs> okay well that that says yeah. it all right there <laughs>
1: yeah actually um, there's a little parallel between my life uh Between my relationship with my husband and the main characters in my story, my husband and I knew each other when we were younger, when we were teenagers. And then we went our separate ways. He moved out to Colorado to be a C-bomb and ultimately became a doctor. I stayed in New York and was professional and traveling around the world. Um, But 35 years later, (laughs) we reconnected. And uh, I moved out to Colorado in 2014, and we got married in 2018. So, uh, yeah, it, it sort of took me a little while to figure things out, but I finally did. <laughs> wow,
0: that, that is something. But uh, yeah, you're in Breckenridge, I believe, and I bet if you looked out your, your window on a, on a beautiful winter's day, you'd have a, a wonderful view. probably have a wonderful view today, as a matter of fact.
1: In fact we do, yeah. We yeah. have a view of the mountains right right in the back. So it's it's quite pretty here and it's interesting. I think it in a certain way the landscape is different. The mountains are pointier, but it's that same feeling that I had in New Hampshire of being surrounded by mountains and forests, lakes and streams, people who love being in the outdoors and um just kind of that magical feeling that you get in the outdoors.
0: So, a lot of similarities between New Hampshire and Colorado. I think and, and so. Colorado. You know, I, yeah? I think so. Yeah, no no doubt. Do you ever get back here?
1: I do, every summer. Um, my husband's family has a place in Maine, and we always uh, will either drive across country, or we may rent a car, but we always drive through New Hampshire and spend some time. Uh, I have a family friend in Landaff. We often stay over with him, and and last year, I think we stayed at the Sugar Hill Inn, uh, and I always visit Polly's Pancake Parlor.
0: <laughs> you know, I was there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Were you? What yep. a spot. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I love it there. Uh, and I,
1: I should say there's a scene in my book that takes place at Polly's Pancake Parlor. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Really? Yes. Oh, how about that? Well, I have my mug. I bought a mug there, so I, but oh, my, my favorite mug now is is from good. Polly's. Now. Uh, this is tough to do, I know, but in, in 25 words or less, and you've you've pretty much covered it. Uh, for those of us not uh, totally familiar with uh, your book, how would you describe it in 25 words or less?
1: Okay, um, this is slightly longer than 25 words. That's but okay. Pretty short. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, All the Flowers of the Mountain is a romance and coming-of-age story that takes place in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Moving from the present to the 1970s, the book is about secrets, love and ambition, and the struggle of one young woman to be true to herself, no matter the odds or the cost.
0: There you go. There Outstanding. <laughs> very, very well done. And now, while you're on a roll here, Christina, uh, okay. would you like to read a, a passage of, uh, of the I book would. for us?
1: I'd love to do that. And this takes place... This uh, scene takes place, gosh, about a hundred pages in, when the one of the protagonists, Michael Pierce, is trying to find the other protagonist, Catherine Morgan. And Michael is a young man who's grown up in the town of Franconia, New Hampshire. Uh, his dad runs a hardware store, and Catherine, or Kit. Is a the daughter of a wealthy New York family. They have a big, flashy country home in Sugar Hill, New Hampshire. So Michael is on a search to find Kit. Chapter fifteen. In the dark countryside, far from town, at the top of the long sweep of pasture, lights shone through the trees from the house at Cedar Edge Farm. Michael turned his truck into the driveway and drove slowly around to the front of the house. Here, a few cars were still pulled up on the grass below the porch, the usual family station wagons, a Jeep, and a pack of gleaming convertible sports cars, two BMWs, an Alfa Romeo, and a Mercedes. He continued past them and parked his pickup truck beside the stand of tall lilac trees. The night had grown warm and humid and the sweet smell of lilac blossoms hung in the air. He walked towards the house and as he got close to the front steps, he stopped. A girl with blonde hair with her back toward him leaned against the railing of the porch. She wore a short white tennis dress and her feet were bare. Was it Kit? It had been two years now since Michael had last seen her and in the dark, he couldn't tell. She waved a cigarette in her right hand and said something funny to the rest of the group lounging around her. Michael heard laughter and the clinking of glasses. He saw the girl lean forward towards one of her friends as if with a private joke. More laughter. Suddenly, he couldn't imagine himself barging in on this scene. Parents and older people had probably left and gone to bed, and now here on the porch lounged Kit and her friends from New York City, who obviously partied together, drove expensive cars, and presumably all went to the same exclusive private schools. What the hell had he been thinking? He didn't belong here.
0: You know, Christina. As far as I'm concerned, you could just keep on going for the rest of the show. I mean, <laughs> oh, thank you. So, it it it, it, so, it sounded it sounded great. Have you have you done an audio book?
1: Um, I I am thinking of doing an audio book, but it's not myself reading. I. But I am thinking of doing an audio book.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you 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 should read it. You read it very very oh. well. That was that oh. was terrific. That was oh, terrific. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, all the flowers of the mountain by our guest today, Christina Holbrook, uh, here on New Hampshire Authors Week on WKXL. And what would you like, uh, Christina, for uh, readers of the book to uh, to take away from what you've written?
1: Oh gosh, well you know, something that readers have said that has really made me happy is people I, I think they find um the descriptions of the landscape and the places very um vivid and meaningful and I would love people to to kind of come away with that love of New Hampshire that I that I felt and I still feel very deeply. So that love of nature and and this beautiful landscape. Um, And I hope that people can connect with the story, even if, you know, the specifics of of some of these characters might be different from other people's lives. I think there, I hope there are some similarities in just that struggle that we feel, especially as we're coming of age to define who we are despite what society might be telling us, you know, how we should be, what we should look like, what we should be doing, that, that struggle to become who we are. And, of course, there, you know, I, I hope people, it resonates with some people, that idea of that first important romantic relationship and um, sometimes wondering whatever happened to that first mm guy or that first girl that I ever fell in love with.
0: Well, it's it sounds wonderful and uh, can't wait to read it. Christina Holbrook uh, is our guest uh, today on our New Hampshire Authors Week as we uh, partner up with the New Hampshire Writers Project and uh, they are uh, sponsoring this week and uh, putting it together with us along with our primary show sponsor, Northeast Delta Dental, Christina Holbrook uh, is our guest and she is the author of uh, all the flowers of the mountain again it takes place in the white mountains of new hampshire and uh, her first novel and it was an award winner and you delivered it like an award winner just a ago <laughs> uh christina thanks oh, thank thanks so you. much for doing that but we have to take uh, our final break here and then uh, we'll have more with Christina from uh, Breckenridge, Colorado, right here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. We are celebrating New Hampshire authors on New Hampshire Authors Week in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project, right here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, part of our New, Ham- New Hampshire's uh, Authors Week right here on uh, the program in partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project on WKXL, presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project, and, of course, our sponsor of the program, Northeast Delta Dental. they are joined today by Christina Holbrook, from Breckenridge, Breckenridge, Colorado. That's where she is right now. But I think a part of her heart is still right here in New Hampshire.
1: (laughs) I think you're right.
0: (laughs) And her first novel, an award winner, All the Flowers of the Mountain. And she has described it to her. She has read a passage from it. And do you have, Christina, do you have any unusual writing habits that you can share with us?
1: Well, I don't know if it's that unusual, but um, I do find that sometimes I just kind of jump up from the kitchen counter where I might be writing or from my writing desk in our upstairs room, and I just have to, like, get outside. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling a lot of writers may feel this way, that you get so, like, into your story. And sometimes you get stuck or you just are too wound up. And so one of my habits, I guess, is I just like put on some shoes and go out the back door and go for a hike in the mountains. And that I find um, helps, helps clear my head, but it also kind of helps me make connections to, and find solutions to issues that are coming up in The writing that I can't sometimes can't seem to find when I'm just sitting at my desk in front of my computer or at my writing pad. So I think that that time outdoors to get some exercise, clear your head, like that's really important.
0: Now you're a first-time author uh, of a novel. Uh, Have you received any criticism? Any 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 criticism of uh, what you've done? Gosh, I.
1: I haven't, I'm trying to think, I, I don't think I've received any, you know, anyone sort of criticizing the novel. Um, I will say, you know, when I think of criticism, I think of certainly earlier drafts of the novel that I thought like, okay, this is great. I am like ready to go with this. And I would give it to one of my very good readers. You know, I have a, a a small group of readers who read my work and give me critiques. And so what would be really tough is feeling like I'm done. This is great. And have one of these readers go, this needs a lot of work. This still doesn't work. This character is unbelievable or something. And I think like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) I've worked so hard on this.
0: So it's funny but sometimes <laughs> sometimes the people you are closest to uh, you know deliver the 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 criticism you know more more than others uh, yeah and
1: it's, yeah. it in fact it it's what i i know i want because then after you know having a fit or being upset or whatever i would settle down and think like you know what that person was right this character is there's something wrong here or this action is not believable. I've got to work on this. But, but, you know, when you feel like you've worked so hard and something is now really working and then that reader says, nope, it, this doesn't work, that's, that's tough. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, well, let's go to the other side of the ledger. And, and what about the biggest compliment uh, you've received about the book? And I'm sure the compliments uh, certainly outweigh the criticism.
1: Well, you know, people have uh, made some nice remarks about the writing and the setting and different things. But the thing that really moves me the most is when someone will will pull me aside. And it's often it's an older woman reader who will pull me aside and say, you know, this is my story. And it just gives me shivers. To, to yeah. and, and then that person will describe, I even had this recently at a little cocktail party. There was this, you know, older couple, the husband's talking to my husband and the woman pulls me aside and says that, you know, this is my story that when I was a teenager, I fell in love with someone and it didn't work out. And, and I've never forgotten that person. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, huh, oh, wow, that's. Something. So when you make that connection with a reader, that it's it feels so meaningful. So that that is really important to me.
0: And that that is terrific. And uh, what are some of your favorite authors? Who were some of your favorite authors? I Gosh, should say. You
1: know, um, I feel like I my reading habits are sort of all over the place. I recently. I have read several books by the writer Catherine May. Uh She wrote a wonderful book called Wintering and then another book called Enchantment. And those have a lot of focus on the natural world. There's a little fairy tale element. That's something that I kind of like a lot. And these are nonfiction and her character, you know, herself, she's a little wacky too. And I I kind of like that. (laughs) Um, I, I love going back to sort of classics like The Great Gatsby. I love D.H. Lawrence. Um, and, you know, I, I I love fairy tales, too. I One of the books that I was reading as I was working on this novel is something called Women Who Run With Wolves by a writer called Clarissa Pigcola Estes, and it is about uh, fairy tales. Basically, and women characters in fairy tales, and that's I've loved fairy tales since I've been a little kid, but I think that that fairy tale story element is something that even as adults we still we enjoy that and we kind of pick up on it and it's it's something very pleasurable when you find that in a story.
0: I was going to ask you uh what your favorite book was as a child
1: <laughs> you know. I, I when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to mind, which is like so ridiculous, but I shouldn't say it's ridiculous. That's what, that's not. It just I was I surprised myself. <laughs> but what comes to mind is "Make Way for Ducklings."
0: Okay, <laughs> so, based in Boston. Yeah, there, there you yes, go. Yeah, I yeah.
1: I absolutely loved that book when I was a kid. I mean, I did also, as I mentioned, I loved fairy tales. I was very interested in Greek mythology in wow. those kind of stories with these different characters and good and evil, but I just love make way for ducklings. And that, I don't know what it was, something just so charming and yeah. uh, wonderful about that,
0: that storybook. No, no doubt about that. I, I think, uh, most of us, uh of, of a certain age, uh, read that book or had that book read yeah. to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hope uh, youngsters today are still hearing it or still reading and maybe it. Maybe yeah. what
1: you're saying is right is that it was a story that was read to us. Yep. So that's why it was so meaningful.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So what, what advice would you have for first time authors? Gosh, you
1: know, I think I would say, um, don't give up. <laughs> I would say that your story is important. Don't be discouraged. Um, and I think, you know, I was, as a young person, was somehow a little harder on myself or felt like I couldn't give myself permission to be a writer because was I truly a, you know, creative person. But if you have that impulse, I think it's it's very important to follow it. Um, it may take time to develop that skill. So take some classes, try to form a writer's group. Um, but don't worry if you have to have other jobs that aren't writing jobs. Sometimes that's a good compliment that you have something that's totally different that you do during the day. And then you wake up at four thirty in the morning and you work on your <laughs> novel. <laughs> so, so I guess I would say, you know, don't give up take your take your creative impulses seriously and and um and yeah keep keep forging ahead
0: uh, are you uh, working on a follow up to uh, all the flowers of the mountain?
1: you know I have started to say th- at first I thought like i i you know there, I have nothing else to say about this, but then i actually changed my mind <laughs> and, <laughs> and and i think i i am i i am thinking about it and possibly getting ready to sort of put that outline together and start throwing some ideas in there so yeah
0: oh <laughs> well, that no that is great i'm, I'm sure uh readers would certainly uh, look forward to that uh, how is the the book going uh, i mean uh, are you getting a lot of feedback
1: i i you know, this was published by an independent publisher called Sunroom Studios, and that is, it's always a little more challenging um, for an independent publisher, but the book, I think, has done, actually, I think it's done quite well. And with the these two recent awards, that has made a tremendous difference. So, suddenly... Bookstores in Colorado and New Hampshire are carrying the book. The libraries in New Hampshire and Colorado are carrying the book. So it feels like it's gaining momentum, and I feel good about that.
0: Well, as, as you should. And, again, the uh, name of the book is All the Flowers of the Mountain, the uh, Colorado Book Award in 2023 in the uh, romance category, and an Ippy Award as well. How can people find out more about you, Christina?
1: Um, I have a website, com. So that, that is a good way, probably the best starting point.
0: Very good. Well, you have been delightful, Christina. And uh, I, I just need to hear more of your voice. I mean, you read that uh, so well. That's so I'm nice of you to you, say. You, 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 <laughs> should, you should do the audio I'm telling you. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, Christina, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you. And I, I really, uh, I was so nervous when this started out, but I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: As did I, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. And uh, and thanks so much for being with us.
1: Well, thank you.
0: Right here on New Hampshire Authors Week, our partnership with the New Hampshire Writers Project on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by the New Hampshire Writers Project and Northeast Delta Dental. Thanks for joining us We'll continue with our New Hampshire Authors Week tomorrow right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com.